All right. Hi, everybody. I'm Dave, as you know, and I'm here with Patty Calla. She's from Alternative Family Services. They serve the greater Bay Area and Northern California. Seems they have offices in Oakland, Pleasanton, San Francisco, San Rafael, Vallejo, and Sacramento. Did I miss anywhere? Uh, did you say Santa Rosa? Ooh, I missed Santa oh, Rosa. Sonoma County? I missed Santa Rosa. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, my notes, I took my notes in a kind of a hurry last night before I went to bed. So that's okay. <laughs> so, um, before we get into what you do, what is the mission of alternative family services more broadly? So we're a foster family agency and our mission is to, uh, help vulnerable children and their families. Um, to settle and uh, have a home-like experience. Great. And you're, you work out of the San While Francisco office? In, uh, I work out of the San Rafael office. Oh, and gotcha. it's a small program in San Rafael. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And um, working with teenagers in any capacity uh, for any reason can probably be a challenge. I'm sure I was a challenging teenager just to my parents. But... <laughs> The problems uh, teenagers face in foster care are uh, surely unique. Can you talk about some of those specific issues and maybe things that people might not think of or things that might be surprising to people? Sure. So most kids in foster um, come in when they're younger and it's from some sort of uh, or uh, physical sexual abuse. Neglect is probably the number one reason kids come into out of home. Um, but along with um, that type of neglect, so see a lot of trauma in the foster care system. So the kids are normal, like your next door neighbor or your own kid, but they also have this of trauma. And now they're also in a home that's not... Um, they're used to so uh statistics across the you see a lot of um drug use drug abuse um pregnancy running away um not finishing high school and not going on to college um so kids are kind of if they leave the, the system because they're they're not capable of making a living wage and they're making like crazy decisions. Um, so the program that on the living program, which is the umbrella program, it's offered through state in every county. Um, and it's a federally funded program. Um, the tech program is to help these young people learn to live on their own. So to make that transition to, being an adult and you're the you're, you're um, the director Marin, for, think, you're the director for this transition age youth services is this for for all of uh afs um i am the the regional director for afs so i um, any teenage questions come through me the the program that we run on um, are specific to marin um in in there will be widening um a housing program for 18 to 21 throughout our locations 
So that that program is that's for young adults. That's probably uh, I'm I'm assuming that's sort of a transition out of foster care and into possibly living on their own, living with roommates, where wherever wherever they land. So there's a couple of things. The independent living program in foster care. So that it starts at 16 and them through when they are. Uh, aging out of foster care. A few years ago, California, um, along with several other states, that kids can opt to stay in foster care on the birthday. It was a choice that kids can make. And so, kid is within the 18 to 21 year old range. They're still dependents, but they have a choice of living with. Um, I'm going to still use the word foster parent because that's what most people know. Um, but the new term is resource family. Um, but I'll use foster parents because I think it's uh, what we're used to. Um, so they can stay with the, their foster parents. They can um, live in a, a housing that's run through agencies like ours um, where they have Intimate, but they have um, a caseworker that's managing, you know, going on with them, or they can get their foster care dollar directly to them, and they can pay rent. Um, although it's only a little over a thousand dollars, so that it's not it's not getting them much. But they could rent a room, or they could use it for term expenses or something like that. So it gives them some op options. Once a kid turns one, there, and there is a housing uh, program called Transit Placement Plus or THP Plus for that older group of kids, and that just four months of housing, subsidized housing, and and in this last budget, uh, some put in money for it to extend to thirty-six months. So I'd be in that program for three years or up until 25. So it gives a young person a little time to cook and to uh, not uh, kind of kooky, which is what we see in teenagers. Really helpful. <clears throat> that's that's great. And I imagine that some of the some of the kids end up using the the money you talked about for expenses during uh, college or community college right and that's really great that extension from 18 to 21 was specifically that could have a safety net and start the college process or vocational and just give them that just little extra help to to on their own yeah, I mean a lot of eighteen. Because it's to expensive to live. Oh, it is. It Go is. Ahead. Oh, it is. I live in. I live in yeah. San Jose. It's expensive to live. That is correct. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. And um, that's that. You know, a lot of people, young people, are still with their parents from eighteen to twenty-one too. So it makes a little bit of sense that uh, that the foster system might have you know some resources there. Um, I wanted to 
sort of ask about because I noticed on your uh, Facebook, well, on the Facebook, there was some stuff about uh, like uh, queer youth and our our audience. There's a lot of LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. people. I'm gay myself, and I'm just, <clears throat> you know, are there like a disproportionate number of, of queer teenagers in foster care? And if so, like, why do you think that would be the the case in a place like the Bay Area where you know we're kind of ahead of the curve on like acceptance of LGBTQ plus people? So I don't know if that there's disproportionate. Um, I think it it kind of it it's just sort of what the population is. So I don't think more foster youth that are um, LGBTQ plus. But we do a lot of work with um, how to how to young people who are maybe afraid to come out or um, and often in in my program and in my work with youth, we're not their social workers and we're not there. So sometimes we're kind of a safe landing if they want to kind of grow a little bit and and, you know, talk about it and will be you know see what reactions they're getting and so sometimes we're the people that talking to about how do i do this you know what do you think my foster parents would think um and not all foster parents are cool with it and so uh you know we're helping to work with the social workers to find a placement so that that youth can come out their authentic self well, you just answered my next question. I was going to ask if, if have you dealt with uh, foster parents who are uh, n- not, as you said, cool with it, and you you answered the question in the affirmative. That must be that must be hard for actually everybody involved the the social workers. Yeah, I mean the teenagers, even the the foster parents. It's not like you know people. I have my own opinions about that because I'm gay myself, and I don't like it when people don't like me. But it must also be hard for the foster parent because they they have their they have their own views and you know they now nah, maybe I'm trying to stick up for them too maybe I'm trying to both sides this too much it's hard for the kids and hard for the social workers and I'm not too I'm not too sympathetic I think it's hard actually. for everybody because you don't want to you don't want to you know say m- mostly see foster parents who are who struggle religious background and so you're trying to be uh you know ending of where they're coming from and not not tell them they're wrong also helping the youth feel like they're not wrong either it's just a bad placement yeah just not a good fit and that happens a lot there's lots of young people where it's just not a good fit Uh, and so we try to words that that are more like that so that it's it's more where you know the fit isn't right you know, you could you could be somebody who had a young girl who she would I thought her outfits were the cutest thing more like ripped jeans, but had like a, a decal on or a, a pat on um, Doc Martens and her foster parents just thought, take this girl shopping and and make her look right. And I just felt like, ooh, can you not be so judgy? And so, so it was. It was helping the foster parent accept, hey, this is different than how you dress, but it's perfectly appropriate for a 16-year-old to dress like that. It, it, sometimes our work is 
helping people come together and 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 where the other person's coming from or say this is not a good fit and and actually that young girl moved from that home to to somebody who was a better oh that 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 um, part of your job is every, probably quite hard too like when you like <clears throat> especially when one party like I just imagine a scenario where one party of the other likes the other party, but then there's like a, like it isn't maybe mutual or there's some conflict just coming from one side where like you, you know, you're then, then, then you're in a position where Um, you, it's just very hard for you or whoever, whoever the, the contact is when it's like when the, the, like the, like the people liking each other or whatever, isn't mutual. That must be like really difficult to deal with. Well, I think it's just like any relationship, you know, it's like sometimes people, you know, unbalanced way. And so you have to, you have to kind of figure out how to, how to, uh, help that together and, and, and not hurt each other's feelings. A big part of we do program is teaching kids, um, to, not just be adults, but how to, how to have good adult relations. And we call it the, uh, the, um, connections project. And it's helping young people find people, the tribe, basically, you know, who, who, what, what adults in your life or people have your back. And, um, so it's teaching things that, Maybe my mother was teaching this to me when I was younger that, you know, go to somebody's house for dinner. If you can't afford to bring something, then you ought to do the dishes or you take garbage out or something. Um, at, you know, so it's so teaching give and take in relationships that can transfer over to um, romantic relationships, to job, to um you know, relationships with your landlord. And that's been really successful. Um, not only to have kids have adults that they count on, um, but also, you know, it's an appropriate way to talk to your boss. Huh. It's funny you mentioned dinner. If I tried to lift a finger and if I was at dinner at my mother's house, she would have a, she would not be happy. She'd be like, no, you sit there. I, I have it. She would like, if anybody comes over and they try to lift a finger to help her with anything, she's like, no, you are the guest, <laughs> but that's not well, everybody. So, and so and that's, some people, that's a way too. yeah, some people and some people, that's not everybody. But, and some people do appreciate, <clears throat> like if you do the dishes or you, tr- you chop some onions or something while they're cooking <clears throat> and offering certainly is a, you know, a good thing. I just thought that was funny. <clears throat> But but your mom taught you how to be a good host. Yes, so, you know yes, my guess case. is that yeah, yeah. So it it is it's the same thing. It's just a different, it's all different scenarios because you know it's like how do you write a thank you note? Um, and some and now it's like how do you write a thank you text? Is really what it is. Um, but. I, my son, my 18-year-old son, just graduated from high school. We had to teach him how to write a a, a, a thank you note. He had written them in the past, but they were, you know, more childish than what he do this time. And and he didn't 
Uh, so kids often don't want to do that or how to then address the envelope to send it. Uh, so it's all those kind of things that, that take for granted. Like how do you, how do you order at a restaurant that isn't McDonald's? Um, wh why would you waste your money tipping a server? Um, so it's, <laughs> we teach a lot of these skills that, that how, we kind of learned in a, our family by sort of osis, but these kids maybe, you know, they grew up in kind of broken families. They never went to a restaurant. I've had kids that never went to a restaurant. And so, you know, they don't know how to behave or how to order or what, you know, how to tip. Huh? Yeah. It's, it, it is. That's, interesting you should you could you bring that up because it's something like most people probably don't think about they don't think about the struggles of you know just kind of day-to-day -day stuff that if you have you know you bounce from place to place and then you end up in foster care or whatever the situation is yeah you don't you don't learn about going to a restaurant you don't learn about how nobody teaches you how to pump gas or how to ride a bike or any any of these things and you know i don't think like you know until you brought up the thing about the restaurant i just never would have thought about that that it's just like all these <laughs> all these little things that they're they're actually not little they're actually important even if they're not important right. on their own when the totality of them certainly is important because the you don't know how to act on a date then and then you know some you, re right. you really like somebody who might have otherwise really liked you but then you act the fool on the date not because you're mean or a bad person but because you just don't have the life experience and then you miss out on right. you miss out on the second date or whatever or whatever it is you know in a job interview you don't know how to you don't know how to be able to job interview. Maybe you'd be perfectly good at the job, but you blow the interview because you just don't know because you you never had a parent talk about their own job interview and maybe even vent about a crappy job interview they had. Just all these things that right. like that that I had in my life that I guess I just never even think about. And and that that so we kind of act as mentors to them. Um, to help them learn as many of those kind of skills and, and some as we can teach them. And we have kids coming back year later asking things like, um, what's that day where you get this form and then they send you money back? And I'm like, you mean like taxes? <laughs> so you're, <laughs> it's tax so you're time, having to oh no. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, they're kind of describing this thing that you're kind of it's like doing a little puzzle like what the heck are they talking about? Um but you know, I I think my I've been around for I'm going in uh, 29 years doing this work, so I have kids who are in their 40s and some, you know, they're not asking that so much, but I had a young woman ask not that long ago when she was in her 30s to how do you buy a house? She saved up enough money that she thought she had a down payment to buy a house, and she actually did. She had enough money saved to be able to buy her own house and a rental property. Whoa! Uh, Annie, for so many years, she was able to sock a bunch of money because she didn't have to have a car, she didn't have rent, and she got a paycheck. So she just all into the bank money to do that. Um, so 
only time I had a foster kid to call me to ask how do you buy a house. But it's who she didn't. Her mother had never bought a house. So real mother. And she wasn't in contact anymore with her foster mom. So she called me. Um, and she, she bought both of those properties. Well, it's a good thing she came to you and didn't get scammed by somebody, right? <laughs> right. Because yes, I was really happy that yeah, because they often yeah, man, they boy, they buy cars they can't afford. That's for sure. I mean, everybody buys they, cars they, get, they can't afford. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, but these guys really can't afford it. I mean, I I don't even have a car. I just take the train everywhere. That's one of the advantages of living in the city. But oh, that's great. Yeah. But, well, hey, this has been really interesting, and I think that um, I think my audience is really going to like this. Um, you, Patty, Patty Calla, she's the director of alternative uh, director of, for transition age youth services uh, for the Alternative Family Sur- Sur- uh, Services Organization. That's a l afs for kids dot org, and you're for the uh, the North Bay, the North Bay region. Yes. Yeah. Great, and uh, you can also find them on Twitter. I followed you on Twitter or I followed the organization on Twitter. That's AFS for kids on Twitter. And they also have a Facebook page, which is where I found most of the uh, information about the organization. You the organization posts regularly. They've, they have a good social media person. So oh, thank good. you. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, it's really, this is, these, these are issues we don't cover enough. Like on our, on our uh, local news show, we're usually talking about that tower that's going to fall over in San Francisco. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty dramatic. So, <laughs> But and we do talk. We we touch on like homelessness and um and and poverty and you know the the big the big gap here in the Bay Area. But we definitely don't really touch on these issues. So it was uh, really good to talk to you, and um, it was nice to meet you as well. And thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.